Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing More than a feeling To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save your life To be powered by love Realizing it's a little funny to preach a farewell sermon of sorts. Um, And so this is the first time I've ever been in this position. But it kind of got me thinking this week about, well, what is the kind of future you want to have? Um, And so this is the question as I'm thinking about our theme for this morning, um, this idea of do we, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Do we live in love or do we live in anger? So this is a question I want to think about. But I was thinking about an old high school teacher of mine. So in high school, I may have been like most teenagers. I was a little bit angst-ridden. I was a little bit mad at the world for really no apparent reason. You know, I was scared about the future, uncertain about where God might be calling me, and wondering, well, what do I do with my life? Not to mention hormones like crazy and living in the reality of, well, I'm supposed to be a straight-A student, a good son. Um, My dad and I always didn't get along, as one might say. But life was a little challenging. And so I had this fantastic Spanish teacher at the time. Her name was Mrs. Germanson, and she could teach language better than anybody I had ever met because language for her was about life. It was about living in an experience. And so she would talk about a language and then she would dive into, well, what does this mean for us? And so one day, as I was having a particularly rough day, I was pretty mad at the world, um, I had to, to understand verb conjugation. In Spanish, it's really complex. There's a lot of different ways that we make one word lots of different ways. And so I said, you know, I need to go speak to Mrs. Germanson. I need to sit down and I need to talk to her. And so I did. I went in her room and she sat down and she started helping me kind of navigate this verb conjugation and figuring out, well, what does this mean? But then she did one thing different as a teacher. She looked at me and she said, Jeremy, what do you want your legacy in life to be? One question. What do you want your legacy in life to be? Or what do you want to be known for? And that question has kind of stuck with me the rest of my life because it hit a place where as I was dealing with life that I needed to know, I needed to hear. And so this theme this morning is this idea of lashing out or loving more. And I think at some basic fundamental level, we all can agree that we're called to love like Jesus. Right? Would you agree with me on that one? Basic, simple, we get it. I think the challenge is the practical application is a lot harder. I think 
loving people takes work. But here's what I mean in fully. Over the last several years, several years ago, we have gotten entirely too comfortable in our anger as a society. You might get where I'm going with this. When you disagree with somebody a couple years ago, you might have simply said, well, let's agree to disagree. And things may have ended there. Or there were just certain subjects we didn't bring up in polite conversation. Politics, religion, money, like, you get it? However, today, I think we bounce from one hot button issue to the next. And under all of this is a pulse of anger that seems to continue. And it continues to escalate without much care of who gets caught in the crossfire. It's easy to lash out at the cashier or the driver who cuts you off. We nowadays, we unfriend people on social media in a matter of seconds because we disagree with what they might have to say. And it, we take that anger and we pass it on to other people. Now, my wife will attest to this. I have a kind of love-hate relationship with the voice on my phone's navigation system. Right? She will fully, she's nodding her head in the corner here. She will attest that when, when I need to go somewhere, if I'm anxious or nervous or I'm figuring out where I'm going and it's unfamiliar, and Siri does that thing where Siri goes, recalculating, turn left here, turn left here, turn left here. And shortly after that, I go, I know! I know exactly what I'm supposed to do, but I can't do it. And so I argue with technology. I know, it's a challenge. But I take that arguing, and it turns into how I drive. I take anger from one space, and I move it to another. Now, people on the road may not do anything wrong, but I've taken that word, and I've brought it to something else. I've transferred anger to a different place. My annoyance with technology causes me to lash out at everything else in that experience. And it might be a minor example, but I think we do this in all aspects of our lives. Overall, we become quick to jump to judgment before we've understood who others are, before we've heard their experience. So this week, as we're preparing for our uh, event and festivities today, I had to run to the dollar store in town. And so in doing so, I walked in the door to hear someone screaming at the cashier because the computer system was really slow. And it was an inconvenience for this person. Now, I don't know their full story or what had happened to lead them to that moment. But what I did experience was the lady behind the counter who you could see the hurt in her face. You see, angry people create angry people. We transfer brokenness to others when we lash out in anger. And so as I asked her, how are you doing today? Just kind of being me and wanting to be the opposite of what I had just seen, she said simply, it's been one of those days. That lived experience transfers on. Now, don't get me wrong, there are seasons where anger is justified. People get mistreated, or the news this week, somebody goes into a grocery store with a loaded gun. Anger is okay if it leads us to change. But we have to remember, even in our own faith, there's this story that Jesus flips tables. Jesus is angry 
But what we forget often in this story is that Jesus clears the temple. He flips the tables in order to make room for people to be healed and for the broken to be restored. Flipping tables just simply creates change. If our anger doesn't lead us to change, then we're simply taking a seat at the very same tables that Jesus flips. A seat with those who create brokenness. Now, when we live in a world that, where we lash out more often than not, we allow ourselves to escalate every issue by adding our opinion to the noise. But if we believe that God moves us from lashing out to loving more, I think we need a new way to leave our mark on the world. Jesus knew when to flip tables and when to love our enemies. So how does God move us from lashing out to loving more? I have three kind of lived experiences this week, and I want to share them with you. The first one comes from our reading this morning, let love be genuine. The words in Romans, as you read through that text, are about ways to move us from a world filled with hate and anger to a love that lives on in people's lives. And I think the invitation is to, to live more fully into that. Loved people, love people. Now we do something unique at Elk River Lutheran that I have loved over my time here, and it is this. We boldly declare to a world that often feels unloving that all are welcome. Do we mean it? Do we live it? Do we say that anybody who walks through our doors is welcome just as they are? No need to change, no need to be something else, but simply to be loved in this place. So I want to give yourself permission to wonder aloud, what does that mean for you? Give yourself permission this week to ask yourself, well, I'm called to love people, but how much do I love myself? It's a both-and question. The second one is this. I want to invite you this week to stay curious. And what I mean by that, in his book, uh, Jesus is the Question, Martin Copenhaver does this wonderful work of counting how many times Jesus asks questions. And you'll be surprised. Jesus is ask, asked in total 183 questions in the New Testament. 183 questions. Do you know how many Jesus answers? Three. Three simple questions that Jesus directly answers. And one of them is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit, and love your neighbor as yourselves, which is the greatest commandment. And so to think about that, but on the flip side of that, Jesus is asking people 307 questions throughout the entirety of the New Testament. As a matter of perspective, the average child, if you've been around children, asks 125 questions a day. And if you've been with a toddler, about 8 million, there's a little bit of a difference there, right? A little exaggeration, but you get the point. The average adult asks between 6 and 20 questions a day. So think about that perspective. You see, it's hard to be angry if we're willing to learn about the people around us. It's hard um, to be angry when we understand people's stories. You see, it means that we have to be willing to ask tough questions and get tough answers. But James 19, or 1, 19 and 20 puts it this way. Understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, 
slow to anger, for anger does not produce righteousness. How often in this world are we quick to listen versus being quick to speak? The invitation for us is to stay curious about one another and especially about those whom we find challenging. And the third one is this, my third point of the, of the sermon, is to end each day with a blessing. So my very, very first sermon, some of you may remember this, my shaking sermon up front. My very first sermon, I talked about the, I, this, the passing on of a blessing. So every night in our family, at the end of the day, we read books, we tell stories, we hug, we kiss, and the very last thing we do is we pass on a blessing. The blessing is very simple. Jesus loves you, and so do we. Why might we do that, you might say? Well, the reality is we're human. We all make mistakes. And so some days as a parent, I might lash out at my children because I'm frustrated about the day. But the one thing that I get to do is say that you are loved by God and you are loved by us. And so in our way of encountering the world, pass on a blessing. End each day with a blessing for you and for those around you. Because I think some days we need a lot of grace. We need permission to be who we are. And thankfully, we have a God who meets us in this space every day with a word of grace. So I asked this question at the beginning, what do you want to be known for? What do you want your legacy to be? A person who lashes out in life or a person who loves more? You see, the legacy of people who let their love be genuine, that stay curious and end with a blessing, well, they've welcomed new people, like we're doing today, to welcome strangers into our community. They find a joyful reason to celebrate, and we're going to throw a party today. And they go out into the world loving more. So thanks be to God. And please, as you go into this world, may you remember every day that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.